Amen. Pastor. Amen. Y'all let them know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship this morning. So thankful for that. And uh, also want to encourage you to take your Bibles out, the book of Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 5. Now, if you're a guest of ours, we've been going verse by verse through this particular book. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. We took a break during the summer, but now we jump back in. And uh, we're going to talk on the subject of family ties. Now, here's the thing, all right? You've got to remember Paul the Apostle is writing this letter to a group of really uh, new converts to Jesus. So this is fairly new church that is planted right in the middle of an extremely pagan society. And uh, Paul wants them to realize that once you have your vertical relationship with the Lord right, that it actually begins to affect and change your horizontal relationships. And so what he wants to do through this letter and what we're going to read here in just a moment is give a foundation for what marriage should really look like. He's going to talk about the wife's role in the marriage, and then we'll see next week the husband's role in the marriage. And then the following week, we're actually going to talk about parenting and uh, what children should be doing and how parents should be raising their children. So I'm looking forward to sharing some things with you on that as well. So I think this is going to help all of us uh, who are involved in families. So real quick, let's just do a show of hands. How many of you are in a family? Would you slip your hand up real quick? Look at that. Applies to everybody. Y'all are so awesome. All right. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Stand with me in honor of God's word this morning if you got it there for you. Ephesians 5, 22. You got it there? Say amen. All right. So the Bible says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Now look at chapter 5, verse 33. The scripture says, Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And then notice this phrase. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. And all the husbands said... I was just seeing what you would do. All right, good deal. All right, let's bow together. Father, uh, so thankful for your divine word and pray in Jesus' name that you'd help us to see this biblically and really see how this plays out in our current day. God, the reality is, uh, Lord, we see in the media and in our current culture, which is very pagan, uh, how they are demeaning marriage. But God, in the scripture, you uplift marriage because marriage really is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of Jesus' relationship with the church. And so, Father, we thank you so much for that. And I just pray specifically now, especially for married couples. Lord, I want to pray today that you would use your word to begin to uh, strengthen them, to encourage them. And God, at the same time, I pray you would exhort those who need to be challenged. Perhaps they have some wrong views of marriage. Now, maybe they're not living it out the way you desire for them to live it out. So, Lord, I'm just going to trust that you're going to use your word and you're going to give me the words to speak by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you're glorified this morning. Thank you for how you're going to move, and that's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So you go ahead and be seated this morning, if you will. All right, so a few things. Uh, we start off, first of all, with wives, right? He just breaks it out and begins to speak directly to how a wife should be as a follower of Jesus in her marriage. And there's really three major things. So I want to encourage you to take notes. If, so if you don't mind, just grab a sheet of paper or your message notes this morning. Or grab a pen and a pencil and write them down. And all the husbands in the house, make sure you keep notes as well in case you forget gets this week, you can remind her of uh, what she's going to learn today, all right? So are y'all ready for the wives to get it this morning? Say amen. All right. Y'all are rough, man. All right. So here we go. Three things a wife needs to do in order to be all that God's created her to be in the marriage. First thing is this, you've got to respect your husband. You've got to respect him. Uh, that is a foundational principle for wives to have in the context of marriage. So verse 22, again, in your Bible, 
Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, notice uh, the word subject. Some translations say submit. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, That word subject or submit, it means to place yourself under the authority of another. It's the idea of deferring to someone else. It's the idea of living with that other person's best interest in mind. And that's the picture here. He says, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, before you kind of get all bent out of shape about this idea, of submission, uh, let me remind you that Paul actually in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5 speaks to every single follower of Jesus and he says that we should all be subject to one another. In other words, you and I as followers of Jesus should be looking out for the best interests of those who are around us in the body of Christ. So that means really it should be a contest every single time we get together to see who can out-submit the other, right? We're trying our best to defer to others in a loving manner and to serve them with their best interest at heart. So Paul says that in the context of the family of God. Be subject to one another. And then he drops it into the family and says, okay, now wives, in a life manner, you also submit or be subject to your husbands. Now, it's also found throughout the scripture, this idea of submitting for followers of Christ. Matter of fact, you'll discover in Romans chapter 13 that the Bible encourages all followers of Jesus to submit to governing authorities. So we need to surrender ourselves to serve as well as defer to the government. So we submit to the governing authorities. But we also know in Hebrews chapter 13 that the Bible says that followers of Jesus should submit to their elders in the context of the church. So we surrender to the leadership of those who are elders, pastors, bishops, etc. Those words are all interchangeable in the New Testament. But again, the picture is submitting to that authority which God has designed. And God gives a role here for wives in marriage. And he says, listen, wives, your husband is going to be the leader and you are going to be the follower. You're going to be the individual who is his helpmate. You're going to surrender and submit to his leadership. Now, just so you are aware uh, of what res- this idea of submitting really does point to, it points to respecting your husband. And a few things about respecting your husband that you want to jot down. First of all, respecting your husband is a choice. It's a choice. Here's how I know it's a choice, because in the Bible, it's a command. Paul gives it as a present imperative command. He says, listen, wives, submit to your husbands. So he's commanding them to do so, which means from the wife's perspective, it is a choice. She has to choose to surrender herself to the leadership of her husband. Now, so you are aware this does not mean that as a wife, you are inferior to your husband, nor does it mean that you, you know, don't have the same intellect as your husband, like he's smarter than you are, uh, because I've met a lot of married couples and 99% of the time, that is not true. Can I get a witness on that one, right? But you realize that whenever you submit to your husband, you're actually giving a picture, listen now, of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God in three persons. Even in the context of the Trinity, however, you have roles that are carried out. Jesus, although God, fully God in the flesh, he has chosen to surrender to the leadership of God the Father. So wife, as you surrender to the leadership of your husband, you're actually giving a picture even of the Trinity. So that's an idea of what we see here in the scripture. So Paul says, listen, it is a choice. 
Now, again, the role of the husband is to lead. The role of the wife is to follow. We find this also in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, or chapter 11, rather, where the Bible says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. Now, quick question. Who's the head of every man? Somebody said out loud. Yeah, Christ is the head of every man. Then he goes on and he says this. And the man is the head of a woman. And God is the head of Jesus Christ. So here again, you've got these roles that are to be carried out in the context of the church, even in the Trinity, and then also in marriage. Author Elizabeth George, she writes a book entitled A Woman After God's Own Heart, which I uh, took a look at as I was preparing for this message. And uh, I'll just tell you, it's kind of weird because it's written for women. Y'all with me say amen? And so I was reading a girl book is what I was doing. I'm just confessing that to you, all right? But here's what Elizabeth George said. I thought this was pretty, pretty good. She says, the wife decides whether or not to follow her husband. Nobody can make her do it. Uh, no one can uh, cause her or force her to surrender to his leadership. The husband can't make her submit and follow. The church can't make her submit and follow. The pastor can't do it, and neither can a counselor. She has to, listen to what she says, she has to decide to choose to defer to her husband and to follow his leadership. So here again, ladies, respecting your husband is a choice. And you've got to make that choice. God wants you to make that choice. Sometimes what happens in the context of marriage is that you choose to play a role that God's not designed for you to play. And as a result, it interrupts the marriage relationship instead of carrying it down the pathway that God really has designed for it to walk. So you are making a conscious decision to say, I am surrendering to the leadership of my husband. It's a choice. But here's another thing it is. All right, jot this one down. It's a gift. Your respect to your husband is a gift. I love that picture. Family Life article gave four things that occur whenever a wife chooses to give the gift of respect to her husband. Listen to these four things, right? Respect expresses a wife's trust. Uh, When you respect your husband, it magnifies your trust in his ability to lead. Respect also gives a husband the belief that he can do hard things. One husband said that receiving respect from his most intimate friend, his wife, reduces his fear of failure and being inadequate. And another one explained it this way. He says, quote, it's like wind in my sails. Nobody knows me like my wife does. Her level of respect for me is a very accurate barometer on how I'm doing. And the confidence I have to do hard things is connected to her respect. What an awesome thought. So you're, you're helping your husband. When you respect your husband, when you choose to play the role that God has designed for you, you're actually building your husband up and helping him as he seeks to lead, which uh, goes a little step further here. Respect acknowledges his leadership and discourages passivity. Now, real quick, eyeball to eyeball, passivity is a picture of a husband. I'm going to talk about this next week, but it's a picture of a husband who basically is kind of just hanging out in the home. He just sits there. He makes no decisions. He's kind of like whatever the wife says. He's just on the, you know, the background. He's not taking initiative to lead in any form or fashion. And listen, sometimes as a wife, you look to that passive husband and say, I wish he would. I wish he would do this. I wish he would step up and leave. And li- listen, you're griping and complaining about him and nagging to his face isn't helping. That is driving him further into that role of passivity. So what you do is you choose to respect him, to honor him, to love him, to serve him. And as you do that, you free him up to actually put aside passivity and seek to lead. Now, I'm going I'm to share with you this real quick. Are y'all listening and say yes? Uh, for some of you wives, the reason your husband is the way he is is because of you. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You read the book of Proverbs and over and over again it says, wives, don't nag your husband. I mean, to live in the house uh, with a nagging wife, would be, it'd be better to be on the corner of the roof. That's a picture, isn't it? It'd be better for some husbands to go up on the corner of the roof in their house than to have to go inside with that nagging lady. That's in the Bible. That was my paraphrase of the text, but it's still here. You know what I'm saying? So don't, don't act. Respect, respect. When you respect, you're freeing some things up. Matter of fact, giving respect to the husband helps him to be the leader in the relationship. Uh, one husband said if wives would express to their husbands respect, he says, quote, I'm convinced that men would be better leaders and passivity would be less commonplace. Now, listen, I'm going to preach to husbands next week. All right. So don't, don't sit out there and say, you, you, you don't even know what you're talking about, Levi. Hold on. I'm on. We'll talk to them next week. And there's a lot more verses for them, too. Y'all with me say, yeah, because we got problems. <laughs> Here's another one. Respect provides encouragement and makes him want to love her even more. I like that. One man said that when a wife does not respect her husband enough to listen to him, he feels defeated. Another said that when his wife respects him, it makes him want to love her even more. So honoring your husband, respecting his leadership is not only a choice, but it's actually a gift that you give to your husband. And here's the third thing. Uh, respect, respecting your husband is an act of worship. Uh, look in your Bible at verse 22. You got it there in front of you? Say yes. All right. That was four of you. You got it there in front of you? Say yes. All right, verse 22, the Bible says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Now, notice this last little phrase. Let's say it all together on the count of three. One, two, three. As to the Lord. Are y'all in the same room I'm in right now? I, I'm not real. As to the Lord is what it is. I'm going to read it again. We're all going to say, as to the Lord. Y'all with me? Say yes. All right, so here it is. Wives, be subject to your own husbands. As to the Lord. Now, what does this mean? As to the Lord. It's a phenomenal picture. It reminds the wife that her choice... To submit to her husband is actually her service rendered to him. So again, a wife that respects her husband is giving evidence in her life that she respects Jesus. And then on the same hand, a wife that bows up at the leadership and authority of her husband gives evidence of a rebellious life toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Show me a woman who is always bowing up towards her husband. I'll show you a woman who's always bowing up towards the Lord. See, oftentimes your relationship with the Lord is reflected in how you treat your husband. And if you're disrespecting him, know this, you're also rebelling against God. Y'all with me say, yeah? It got real quiet up in here. Y'all still love me? I didn't make all this up. It's in the Bible. Y'all with me? It's right here. All right, so jot this one down. Second thing, uh, remember his role. Remember his role. So you're not only going to respect him, but you're going to remember his role. He's got a massive role. Huge responsibility. Every husband does. In verse 23, the Bible says, The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. So here Paul the Apostle is referring to the responsibility that the husband has in the marriage relationship. So the husband is the head of the wife. Now what does that mean? To be the head means the husband has authority and leadership within the marriage that has been given to him by grace from the Lord. Now Paul gives a great comparison as well. He says, as Christ is the head of the church. So think about Jesus for a minute. Jesus is the authority and the leader of the church. Jesus is a loving servant towards the church. He's not domineering. He's not authoritarian, bossing the church around. He's not insensitive or disrespectful towards the church. Instead, he has this firm, loving tenderness where he's seeking to lead the church to experience great joy and great peace. 
Jesus also takes full responsibility for the church and the maturity of the church, which also reminds us of this great role that we as husbands have for our wife. We are called by God to be the spiritual leader of our wife. We're called by the Lord to take that role, to step in and to help and really love our wife so that she grows in her relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be the ones who take the initiative in that. We are the spiritual leaders of the house. And at the same time, the Bible says that Jesus, and I love the way it describes him, he was the savior of the body. Savior of the body. That word savior, it means to be rescued, right? So Jesus rescued those of us who were in sin by his grace. So he reached down, he rescues us. Now Jesus takes responsibility for our lives. He grows us, he shapes us, he unconditionally loves us. Now check this out. When you were married to your wife, sir, you took the mantle of responsibility in your heart and life that you would rescue your wife from a perverse generation that you would love her, that you would respect her, not be a domineering husband, not be an authoritarian, but lovingly serve her so that she would mature in her faith. Here's a great question for every husband in the house. Is your wife closer to Jesus as a result of your leadership or is she further away from Jesus? That's a strong question. But we're called to lead. And wives, remember that is his calling. What a strong calling he has in his life. We lead, we protect from the enemy. And I was thinking, um, even as I was reading through this uh, text this morning and uh, looking back over this message, a couple of days ago, uh, Kristen needed to get out of the house because she's been on uh, bed rest from her back surgery. Well, she's here this morning. Y'all give it up for Kristen. There she is. Bubble. Y'all didn't clap with enthusiasm. But anyway, so uh, she's, you know, had back surgery. And so anyway, she was on bed rest, needed to get her out of the house. So we were driving, went down towards uh, Spout Springs. We we're going to pull off into Chick-fil-A and eat. So we pulled off the highway to turn and get into the left-hand lane. Apparently, somebody else was trying to get in the same lane that I was trying to get into. Y'all with me? So, yeah. When all of a sudden, homeboy behind me just lays on the horn. And I don't mean like, beep, beep, excuse me, sir. No, it was like, it was like five minutes. I'm not even joking, man. We were sitting in the red light and he's honking at me. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what am I going to do? (laughs) Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I got the left blinker on. I turn into Chick-fil-A and I think I'm just going to let it ride. My man has just got a bad day. So I turn into Chick-fil-A. Guess what him does? (laughs) Him turns into Chick-fil-A too. And then I ride around Chick-fil-A, and I'm thinking, surely he's not going to be following me. All. Yeah, he followed me all the way around Chick-fil-A. And then I'm like, I, what am I going to do? <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because I start thinking, if I get out and he sees these guns, he's going to think he's going to be like, <laughs> he shouldn't have messed with me, boy. I'm serious, man. I'm long and lean, baby. I will tie you up my knot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. That was long and lean. I will tie you in a knot. Where? That was not from the Lord. But anyway, so, uh, so I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, or we're sitting there, and I'm like, okay, we're just going to leave. We'll just drive out. Basically, I punked out. I got scared. And, so, and I started thinking, too, if I get out and get in a fight, that's going to go great at Concord, right? Faster beats up some old, I mean, obviously, he's not in a hurry. He's following me around everywhere. What's your problem, man? You know? I still got problems with it, personally. But anyway, I'm thinking to myself, ultimately, I, my goal is to protect my wife. Y'all with me? So we got back out on the interstate and went to the next Chick-fil-A. Amen. <laughs> and I did because I love her. I mean, her back's already broke. Good night. Leave us alone. You know. <laughs> Are y'all still with me? 
Now, ultimately, here's the reality of every single marriage. The enemy is after your marriage. And the enemy is blowing the horn at your wife, trying to distract her, trying to take her attention off of what God desires for her to be. And you as a husband have this phenomenal role of helping rescue her from this perverse generation. And I know what some wives are thinking. You're thinking to yourself, well, if my husband really acted like that, I would have no problem whatsoever submitting to his leadership. For some of you, you're thinking, when he does, then I will. I want to tell you, that's the wrong attitude to have. The Bible even says in 1 Peter chapter 3, if your husband is an unbeliever, if he's disobedient to the word, what you need to do is submit to his leadership and win him without a word. So don't sit out there and say to yourself, whenever he gets there, then I will. No, 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 ladies, quit trying to change your husband with a nagging attitude and get on God's pathway and let the Lord work on your husband. Surrender to what the Lord's designed the marriage to really be like. All right, let me give you this last little thing here. All right, remember his responsibility. And then thirdly, uh, treat your husband the way you would treat Jesus. I like this one, verse 24 in your Bible. The scripture says, but as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. So as a wife uh, who has a heart for Jesus, you're part of the church, so you subject yourself to Christ. And he says in the same manner, listen, wives, you submit to your husband. So reality is you should seek to treat your husband the way you would treat the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Elizabeth George writes in her book, A Woman After God's Own Heart, quote, I've got to develop the basic heart attitude of respect. God isn't telling me to feel respect, but to show respect, to act with respect. And a good way to measure our respect for our husbands is to answer this question. Here's the question she poses. Listen, ladies, am I treating my husband as I would treat Jesus? Isn't that amazing? That would change your entire marriage this week. If you just said, you know what? I'm going to treat my husband the way I treat Jesus. Because here's the reality. Uh, That's how the Lord sees it. The way you treat your husband is a picture of how you're actually treating Jesus. Now, you see here in the scripture too, verse 24, especially that last little portion, it says to basically subject yourselves to your husbands in everything. So I'm reading that and I'm thinking in everything, in everything. Uh, that's, that's pretty strong, isn't it? In everything? I mean, I even begin to like everything? Do you know there are some reasons that a wife should not submit to her husband? Do you know? Let, let me give you a couple. Wives, you do not need to submit to your husband if your husband's leading you to sin and disobey God. The principles found in Acts chapter 4, let me very quickly give it to you. Peter and John are preaching Jesus. They get in trouble, get thrown into jail. And then the governing authorities, which by the way, who are we supposed to submit to as believers? Governing authorities. But the governing authorities told Peter and John, they said, listen, you can no longer speak about Jesus in this community. No longer can you do it. So Peter and John had a choice to make. Are they going to submit to the governing authorities and go into sin, which means uh, the sin of uh, omission and not do what God's called them to do, which was preach the gospel? Or are they going to choose to rebel against that authority and still submit to the Lord? Well, in the scripture, the Bible says this. Here's how they responded. Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than man, you be the judge. And then they said this, but we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. So in other words, there was a challenge for Peter and John where the government was trying to lead them into sin. And they chose to disregard that authority so that they would continue to submit to the authority of God in their life. So the principle is this, wives. 
If your husband is trying to lead you into an area of sin, if he's trying to lead you in outright disobedience to the Lord, uh, yeah, you don't have to follow that. Here's another place you don't have to submit to your husband in. You don't have to submit to your husband if he's physically harming you. No wife should subject herself to being beat by her husband. No wife should do that. No husband, by the way, who's a follower of Jesus would even fall into that category. But the bottom line is there are some wives, even today, who are physically being abused by their husbands, and they're quoting Ephesians 5. They're saying, well, I'm just submitting to him. Maybe this is what I deserve. Listen, I'm telling you straight up, that's not what you deserve. So if you're being physically beat, here's your next step. 911. You call the police. Y'all hearing me, priest? But primarily in everything else, subject yourself to your husband. Wives, I'm telling you, that is the way to make sweet music in your marriage when you do it the way God designed it to be. And then wives, bottom line is, if you want to be all that God's called you to be, there's at least three things you've got to choose. One, you've got to choose to have faith in Jesus. You've got to believe that Jesus is going to do a work in your husband's life. And please look at me eyeball to eyeball very quick. All the wives in the house especially, look at me, look at me. Wives, are y'all looking at me say yes? Wives, are y'all looking at me say yes? All right, good deal. Here's the thing. Listen, you are not your husband's Holy Spirit. So don't try to be. Don't try to convict your husband. Don't try to say, I'm going to change him. Because here's the, you not either. The more you try, the more he's going to act like a turtle. He's going to pull back into a shell. That's all he's going to do. You've got to trust Jesus to work in his heart and life. And then secondly, you need to be a praying wife. Pray for your husband. Pray for God to do phenomenal things in his life. Pray for God to uh, strengthen him, to shape him, to make him who God has really called him to be. And then uh, you've got to be patient, wife. Be patient. Good night. Listen, you can't put your husband in a microwave. I know some of you wives probably wish you could. You're with me on that. But here's the thing. It doesn't change overnight. It takes time. So you've got to be patient. Here's the thing. God is using your husband to actually work in your life. So for some of you ladies who are extremely impatient, you're extremely complaining, you're always nagging your husband, and you're doing, could it be God gave you that husband so he could change your heart? I thought that would go over real well. Pretty wild. So I finished the message, and uh, after I did, I asked Krista. I said, Krista, tell me how you respect me, girl. Y'all with me? And uh, she gave me a few ways that she chooses to respect me. She's here this morning, so she can uh, testify to it. I didn't see any of these to be true, but I'm going to share them anyway. <laughs> that was a joke. Y'all chill out, man. I love my wife, submit woman. No, I'm just kidding. Settle down, settle down. Here's how she says she respects me. All right, so she says, which by the way, just so everybody is aware, do men, don't make submit uh, woman a life verse for you, okay? Don't do that. Don't like get it all embraced and put it in your house and be like, yes, woman, you remember this. That was, all, that was funny to me. So here's what Krista says. She says, here's how, here's how I show respect. She says, by following your leadership and your decisions. And I thought about that. I was like, you know what? There have been a lot of decisions we prayed about, sought the Lord over. And um, when it came down to it, I had to make a decision. And not one time can I recall where Krista was nagging about the decision or complaining about it. She would just go right along, follow. 
Here's another way she uh, seeks to respect me. She says, by my conduct or by her conduct. She shows respect by having uh, clear boundaries with other men. I thought this was good. I even thought you better. It's more fun when she's in the room, isn't it? I mean, do y'all feel the tension? She writes this. She says, I, I, um, I'm not spending time chatting on the phone with other men, going out to lunch with other men, and et cetera. She says, I got clear boundaries. I do that because I love you and I respect you. I thought, that's, that's good. And here, here's the thing. For some of you ladies, I mean, I'm just telling you, you don't need to be going out and having lunch or supper with another man who's not your husband. If you're rolling that way, quit rolling that way. That you're, you are playing with fire, and you will get burnt. And that's the thing. Some, some ladies are like, well, he's a friend. Well, find some more friends. He doesn't need to be your best friend. Your husband needs to be your best friend. So here's what another one she says. She says, by my words. She said, I don't put you down to others or in front of others. She seeks to build me up with words and build me up with conversation that she has with other people. Now think about that, right? Here's the thing that's happened in our marriage, okay? So Krista does. She's a huge encouragement to me. And here's the thing with Krista. She encouraged, I even told her this one time. I said, I don't know. For some reason, I think you think I can do so much more than I can actually do. You have this picture of me that's not even reality. You know what I'm saying? Do y'all hear what I'm saying? But this is the thing. Her encouraging, her respect, her love, what does it do for me? It frees me up to want to be the man God's called me to be. It makes me want to lead. It encourages me to actually surrender to Christ in the home. And listen, listen, seek to lead my family spiritually, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm just a follower of Jesus. Right? And so I have this heart to, to pray with my family, to teach my family the scripture, and and check this out, to be the pastor of my home. And every husband in the room, you're the pastor of your house, whether you realize it or not. You are. You are the pastor at home. You're the one that's shepherding your wife and your children. And I want to do that for God's glory. And here's, here's the thing. I, I want to be able to preach on marriage and my wife be able to say amen. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm getting at? Because she knows me better than any of you people do. She knows what it's like at the house. I want her to be able to say, he's for real. I want my kids to be able to say it too. Do y'all hear what I'm getting at? Husbands, if you had to get up and give a testimony of your marriage and how you're leading, would your wife sit there and say, amen? Or would she sit there and say, he's making this, he doesn't do this. And then wise, if you had to get up and give a testimony of how you are respecting your husband, would your husband say, amen? Or would he say, she doesn't act like that. And this is the thing. The very thing that you desire in your marriage relationship is a strong, loving bond between husband and wife. That's what you want. But the thing is, in order to get there, you have to take God's route. Anytime you get off of God's route and start trying to make up your own route, you're always going to find disaster. So ladies, listen. The husband is the head of the home. You are choosing to surrender to his leadership. Listen, don't, you're not co-heads in the house. Anything with two heads is a monster. Right? 
You got one head. It's a husband. So you quit trying to run in his lane. You get in your lane. And then husband, you run your race. We're going to talk about how to do that next week. So wives, y'all going to bring your husband back next week? Say amen. Amen. Let's bow together. Father, thank you for your word and help us to apply it. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Nobody's looking right now. Here's what I want you to do. If you're a husband in here today and uh, your wife is next to you, uh, I want you to put a hand on her. If she's not next to you, maybe kids are between you, slide over. Get, get next to her. Put a hand on her. I want you to pray for her this morning. Pray for her. Put a hand on her real quick. Let's go. And just pray. Say, Lord, uh, continue to place your hand on my wife. Help her to be all that you created her to be. And help me to serve her. Help me to love her unconditionally. Help me lead her. Help me to do so in such a way that it would honor you. And with your heads bowed, your eyes closed this morning, I said it at the very beginning of the message. Whenever your vertical relationship with the Lord is right, that's when your horizontal relationships begin to get right. And for some of you, maybe a husband or a wife, the reason that your relationship at home is not legit, it's not where it needs to be, is because you just don't have a vertical relationship with the Lord. Well, here's the great news. God created you to know him, but what separates you is sin. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. If you hold on to your sin, ma'am, you'll spend eternity in hell. If you hold on to your sin, sir, you'll spend eternity in hell also. But God loves you. Man, I'm so thankful for this too. God so loves us. The Bible says he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Jesus died to pay for our penalty of sin, which was death. Jesus paid the fine. He was buried and resurrected. So this morning, some of you just need to give that vertical relationship where it needs to be. You, You need to give your heart to Jesus. That's your decision. So right where you are, if that's you, would you just pray something like this in your heart as I pray out loud? Just say, Lord, I need forgiveness. I'm turning from my sin, turning from my old way of thinking and living. And God, I want to get on with you. I want to follow you. Thank you for dying for me, and thank you for getting up from the dead. Now help me to be unashamed of the decision that I've just made. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Levi, that was my prayer. I just gave my heart to Jesus. Then the first step of obedience is baptism. You you saw that in the service earlier. Those are individuals who gave their heart to Jesus last week. They were baptized this morning. And so some of you today, you just prayed with me, gave your heart to Christ, or maybe you've given your heart to Jesus this past week, and your next step is baptism. So when we stand to our feet, I'm going to invite you to come forward. I'll be here, others as well. We want to pray for you, help you along in your walk with Christ. God may be calling you to join this church body. This is where you want to plug in, partner with us to accomplish the mission of making disciples everywhere. Father, uh, in Jesus' name, we give you the invitation and pray that you would work, give people courage to come forward this morning. And that's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. While we sing, you come if God's calling you.